This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today's episode is really near and dear to my heart and kind of a crazy full circle moment for me. The medium John Edward is here on FML Talk today, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. So sit back, grab a drink, invite your spirit guides in, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. You guys, the first time I met John Edward, I was 15 in my throes of like angsty teen years and ended up going to a reading that my mom was having for his TV show that he had at the time and was like, this is bullshit you know, fucking mediums, talking to people on the other side, whatever. And by the time I left that recording, I was like, I'm a fucking believer. There's another side. We communicate with the dead. Great. Like full on fucking believer. He changed my life. Um, I have only met him twice and both times are staples in the timeline of my life that really changed the way that I was going to exist moving forward. He is an incredible human. This interview ended up being so wildly fun to chat with him and really pick his brain about what it is that he does. I had questions from my FMLers that you guys submitted, and we really just dig into every aspect of it. So without further ado, here is the infamous John Edward. John Edwards, I can't even really believe I'm saying that, but welcome to FML Talk, dude. <laughs> well, I can't believe I'm here. It's been a long time and so happy to see you. And I'm happy to see your success, not as the route you've taken to get here, but I, I, I think it's amazing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate that. When I saw your name pop up on my viral video in my TikTok comments, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this man <laughs> changed my life. And now we're reconnecting on TikTok. I was so excited. <laughs> and I was actually really excited to read that because I was like, should I respond? I'm like, she probably doesn't remember who I am. I'm like, all right, I'm going to respond anyway, because I was just was like, you know, I knew, she I, doesn't remember who I am. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I, I'm, I was really serious. Like when I was like lying on the couch, I'm like, I'm going to respond in a personal way. But like, what if she's like, you know, who's this? And I, I, I've been doing this work for a really long time and I've read for a lot of celebrities. And let me just say that there's one instance that stands in my mind where I was at LAX and this specific individual was walking towards the gates as I was walking the opposite direction. And the look of like literal sheer panic and fear that I was going to approach them and have a conversation with them in public I was oh, like, wow. like, like, no, like, no, like, I, I, I can't be seen talking to you. And I just had that moment of like, okay. So like, I've always referred to myself as the pool boy when it comes to like celebrity stuff. Like ah. when there's a, when there's a party on Saturday and the pool's dirty, it's like, I'm your best friend. But then it's like very few and, you know, very few and far between invites to that same party. So I've kind of like looked at, and I've put myself in that position just so I don't get disappointed by people. So that's so interesting. Why do you think that is? Because now, I mean, especially now, because, well, okay. When you were really doing the, your TV show and mm -hmm. really, you know, in the public eye on a, in a big way, that was 
a, a while ago, before social media, before everyone was so accessible. Now there's there's mediums that are, you know, everywhere and you like, Every- it, it's very <laughs> accepted. <laughs> Everybody's a medium. It's like, I can't flip through TikTok or social media without somebody having psychic medium in their title. And it's one of the reasons <laughs> what actually made me go on and flip the camera around. Cause TikTok was my escape. Like when TikTok, you know, started to, you know, generate some like energy. I went to my kids. I'm like, TikTok. And they looked at me like, do not go on there. That is oh like not, they're like, that is not, you are too old for TikTok. I was like, no, 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 no. I just want to know about it. Like, you know, what is it? And, and they told me what it used to be and that it's now morphed into this and it's probably going to go away. And I remember thinking, I don't think so. I think this is going to blow up. And I got hooked. Like, it was like my early pandemic escape, like the pranks Same. and the, the musical things. And I didn't realize, I didn't even think there was a psychic side to TikTok. To me, it was like scares and dogs and, and dances. Like pranks and dances, right? Yeah. It was like fun stuff. And then after like a year and a half or so, I, I stumbled across, um, not, it wasn't lives yet. It wasn't like coming across the lives. It was like people's videos and it was hashtag witch talk or whatever it was. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. And I, I literally got transported like in a time machine back to 1985. And I felt like I was in a ballroom of a psychic fair here in Long Island with a bunch <sighs> of wacko, with a bu- like literally with a bunch of wacky people who were claiming to be psychic and some of them were, but they were weird. And that's what it felt like. I was like, whoa, this is like time warpy. So I kept hitting not interested. <laughs> not <laughs> You're like, not my niche, not my niche. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I don't want to be on this. And then I came across a couple of lives. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh man, now I got to go like, like teach. Like I got to show people like, this is, this is, this is, this is wrong. So I decided that I didn't want to have a platform that was going to stitch and duet videos where I go, this is bullshit. Like, this is not Mm. real. And instead I'm like, let me just do what I've always done, which is teach and lead by example. And hopefully people see the difference, but it's really hard. It's really hard because I really want to stitch and duet some of these and be like, this is not real. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many things that come across your for you page that are like, someone has a message for you. And like, this is coming through. And if this is on your for you page, it's meant for you. And you're like, come on guys, like this isn't real. So speaking of not believing in mediums, let me explain to you my first encounter with you. Cause I was thinking about this interview and I was like, should I do this in the intro? And then I was like, no, I should tell him because I probably have never shared this with you or had the opportunity to. So when you were doing your show, you obviously had one segment where you were reading celebrities and my mom was invited to be a part of that. So I think I was like 15 at the time. So I was in my angsty, like everything is bullshit, you know, like this is dumb phase of my life. And I I went with her and we were kept in the green room. So she was on set reading with you. And all of a sudden you stop and you're like, do you have someone with you? And my mom's like, yes. And you were like, okay, she needs to, you, you, she didn't even say like, it's my daughter or it's a she or a he. And you were like, she needs to come out here. So they brought me out onto the couch and my dad came through and you proceeded to tell me stuff that I don't care how far into the depths of Google you go, or even if you spoke to people that were in our inner circle, like no one could know these things. Um, And when we showed up, I was like, this is medium. Okay. Like we're going to talk to the other side. Like I was not a believer. You were the person that at 15 made me be like, there is another side. People can communicate with them. And we, we go on after we die. And it totally shifted my perspective and gave me such comfort in how I moved forward in my own spirituality, how I view death now. And it was really a, a pivotal moment for me in that regard. Oh, that is amazing to actually hear. Thank you. Because I was 15 when I actually came into the subject matter. So how interesting is that? And, oh, you know, and, I have a fif- and my daughter literally just turned 15 this year. So, you know, mm. I, I, think, I think when we're talking about energy and we're talking about loss at a young age, you know, you lost your dad young um, and he was in the public eye and your mom's in the public eye, right? I lost my mom when I was 19. 
it's a pivotal period of time of development when you're not quite the person that you're going to become. And all of a sudden life throws you a curveball, And then yeah. you go, wait a minute. No, no, no. You know, like this isn't how it's supposed to be. And, and, and in my case, I almost had the opposite experience that, that you did, right? I came from it where I came into the subject matter because I was skeptical. Um, I had a reading that put me on my path. My mom was very into the subject matter. But then I was very disappointed because my, my, my guides, right? We all have a team of energies that work with us. They gave me a heads up about an uncle's illness and subsequent passing that I tried to stop. Mm-hmm. And then a year and a half to two years later, they didn't give me any insights about my mom's cancer. And I feel like they let her die. And I went to a place of anger. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. care that there was another side. I didn't care that this was possible. I felt betrayed. I'm like, that's not cool. Like, it's not cool that you can let me help other people, but I really wasn't able to help her or myself in, in, in some way. And what yeah. I've kind of learned in all the years of doing this is that the hard balls, right, that we are thrown, the things that are the waves that knock us over are the biggest teachers in our lives. And I've come to a place of gratitude for those moments. I've come to a place of going like, I mean, let's be real. Nobody wants to go through them. But when you can look and, and ride that wave to shore and go, okay, what do I do with this? Like, what am I supposed to learn from it? I can either be a victim of the circumstance or make life an adventure. And I kind of feel like I took the adventure out and you clearly have, right? You clearly yeah. have, you, you started a, like a global movement of empowerment, <laughs> you know? And, I, and I, I remember when I first saw your book, right? And I was like, wow. And I, I, I had an adverse reaction when it was in my hand, like, ooh. And I wasn't sure what it was. I wasn't mm. sure what the advert, like, like, were you going to get slammed because of the book? Were you going to? And then I realized it was like, it was the, you were creating the wave. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 and use code FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLTalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. You were, you were creating a wave for other people to wake up to. And that oh, is, I love that. And it's like, but people don't like when you're the mirror. They don't like it mm-hmm. <laughs> because then yeah. you're, you're, forcing, you're forcing them to look at a reflection of things that they might already know, but don't want to deal with. But thank you. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's really very, I, that's very moving. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the second time I saw you, was when my high school sweetheart passed and my mom sent, she showed me the email because when I came home, I was like, show me that email that you sent John. You must've told him something. And the email literally said, John, my daughter lost her boyfriend. She's devastated. Can you see her? Like that was it. It was so simple. There was no clues of anything. And my girlfriend and I brought my best friend with me and we came and met you at a Beverly Hills hotel That I remember. That's the meeting that I remember. Yeah. So I was 18 then and we came and sat down and the information that came through when, when my high school sweetheart came, came forward, um, was so powerful. And uh, I've never talked about this publicly and I swore I wasn't going to bring this up, but here we are. Um, you looked at me and you were like, he wants you to know that the baby's with him 
and and they're okay together. And I had had a real what I now can look back at and realize was a miscarriage really early on. Um but felt like a very heavy painful period and no one knew that. Um no one knew that I had been late that I was like, "Oh my god, like what if this is actually happening and now he's dead and I have to deal with this." Um so it was such accurate personal information. And then at the end of the reading, you said, because there was another boy um, in the car that died with him that came through as well. And um, he was like, they want you guys to both know, me and my best friend that was there, that they're like balloons attached to a car. And you guys are in the car and you don't really feel the balloons there, but they're always with you and they're always moving with you. John, I'm not kidding. We left that hotel and we were driving down Beverly Boulevard and there was an SUV with a ski rack with a dozen balloons tied to the fucking top of it. I mean, have you ever seen that in your life? Someone transport balloons that way? But don't you love the validation? I mean, to, to me, the validation is amazing. And, and for the folks that can't hear this, but I uh, can't see it, but can hear it in front of me at all times is I, I have a rock. This rock is probably like 35 years old. And if you look at it, it says trust. Uh, I love that. And one of the things that I've had to always do is in the work is trust what's coming through. And, you know, I, I guess one of the best um, teaching moments that I was given early on when I first started was just know that you don't have to be right all the time. And I remember thinking like, isn't that like kind of what we're supposed to be going for? Right. And the woman <laughs> said to me, no. She goes, you want to strive to be accurate. Being mm. right means you got somebody to agree with you. So mm. I never forgot that. And for me, my entire career has been like, I want to be accurate. And sometimes to be accurate, you might sound wrong. But you right. go out on you go out on the limb, and and I don't think it matters if you're doing readings or if you're being um, a life coach and empowering people. If you're a nurse, I think you want to be accurate. You want to be precise with what it is that you're doing. So this way, you don't have to have somebody just agree with you to agree with you. You know that you're making a difference, and that's been my my mantra. My mantra is always: I want to leave people better than I find them. Right? Mm-hmm. I just want to leave people better than I find them. So. That's cool. That's amazing. That's amazing. So let's talk about how your specific gift comes through because I know there's differences with different mediums. People experience things in different ways. Mm-hmm. How, when you're communicating with someone from the other side, how does that come through? Like what's your experience in that? So I always use the word ability, right? So I take the word gift and I turn it into ability because I feel like when we look at the word gift, it makes it seem like one person's more special than another. So what I've done is I've used my ability that I've worked at now for four decades and that ability allows me to open up and read energy. The way the energy comes through to me, right? My psychic filter uh, would be clairaudience first, clairvoyance second, and clairsentience third. So basically I'm hearing first, seeing second, That's kind of like neck and neck. And then I'm getting feelings. So what I see, hear, and feel, I then interpret in my frame of reference. And I try to be as objective as I possibly can. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm hearing. Here's what it makes me feel. And I'll ask my client to say, just validate yes and no what you do understand. um, Unless I need to facilitate something and be like, you know, do you have this? And then we move on to the next part. And then I try to provide as much evidence as possible, like you've experienced, so people know that it's their loved one, their friend, that they're their, that person. And then if there are things that are coming in that are future related, I validated enough for them to write down and remember what's coming up so that they can either alter it, prepare for it, change it, um, celebrate it. Yeah. Okay. So you do, apart from communicating with people that have passed on, you do mm-hmm. get future information sure. as well. Yeah. That's how I started. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I started doing. Oh, I didn't know reads. that. I had no interest in dead people. Dead people did not show up until 1987. 1985 was when I started. Two years, I was like the wonder kid of Long Island that would like predict your future. Like I had like a long list of people that wanted readings just for that reason. And then after my uncle passed in 1987, there was a shift there um, where information started to come through, and that was preparing me, I believe, for my mom's own passing in 1989. But I remember having to apologize to my clients, and I would say, "Listen." I know you're here because you want to know about like relationships and job stuff. I go, apparently I'm a medium. And I go, I got to get them out of the way in the beginning. I say, because if I don't get them out of the way, they interrupt the session and people look at me like, all right, you know, and then some people were just blown away by the mediumship portion. They didn't care about the other stuff. 
but now yeah. it's a hybrid. It is, a, it is a high, I mean, my work's always been a hybrid, but it's definitely more of, it's like part mediumship, part what's going on now, part what's coming up for you. And then part lesson, like, what are we supposed to learn? What's the insight? Mm. Like, like, why are we, why are you here? Like, what's the now? So I kind of feel like I've trying to get people to kind of break through where they're at in their lives and evolve through the passings and what's the lesson and maybe reframe some of their choices and the way that they're thinking. Yeah. Is it easier for you to read people that you don't know as a part, as opposed to like people that you have an in-depth relationship with or like knowledge of what's going on in their life? Easier in the sense that it takes their, well, you knew that off the table. Like it takes that out of the way. I mean, it can be done. I prefer not to like family and friends. I usually send them to a colleague. Um, But if I've had like clients before, like I have in the last, you know, in the pandemic, I've had clients that have come back a couple of times. I've been doing a lot of zoom work and maybe like I've seen somebody now for the third time and I'll be like, like, I see, like, I know you, you know? Right. Right. So it's like, trust me, I'm going to like, you know, refund you your fee, send you to this person. Um, And it's not that I don't want to do it. The pressure that it puts on me to do it and get information. That's not what I like already said before yeah. And a private reading is one thing, but if I've got a group of like 10 other people that are watching, I don't feel like it's fair to them. So. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so for the mediumship, when someone's coming through, is it when you say, I, I get what the, the different steps are when the audio is coming through, is it you're hearing a voice? Is it always the same voice? Is it that person's voice? So have you ever had the moment where you're reading a paragraph and you're having to go back and reread it because you had another thought happening simultaneously. Like literally all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> you're psychic. No, um, that's, oh, what it feels like. that, that's what it feels like. And when I first started doing this, um, probably about six different other psychics that I met, they'd say, oh, you're a very clear audience. And by definition, that means clear hearing. And I remember thinking, I'm not hearing anything. Like there's nothing, I'm, I'm not really hearing anything. Like I was expecting an out loud hearing and right. then I, I realized like, oh, it's, the vo- it's that, right? It's the thought voice that's coming in, which actually originates not in your ears, but in your throat chakra. Because you have like seven energy centers in, in your body and the throat chakra is where your clear audience faculty kicks in. So energetically, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm getting my information. I'm, I'm, it's what I'm thinking. So it's like, I'm hearing it, but it's a thought that's coupled with a picture. So it's kind of like, it's like two mm. things kind of come together, but it's so fast that it's like a download. So like if I said to you, um, uh, mouse, Florida, cheese, white gloves, castle, what am I talking right. about? Right, right. What would and you I think? remember you, I, I remember you doing, well, Disneyland. Yeah. Right. I, I remember you doing that in our readings too. It was like very specific, like, pictures or images or, you know, the letter this, um, has to do with it. Um, so when you see the pictures, is it kind of just like you're, you're watching like a movie play out or just images in your brain? It's like flashes. It's like, it's like flashes. It's a scene. Sometimes it's a scene of my life. Sometimes it's a scene of a a scene of a movie, um, a, a piece of a TV show, an experience that I've had a past reading. So it's like an immediate, like it's a shorthand. How do I get him to say this? So they'll Mm. do that to get me to say that. And then sometimes I think I go off in the wrong direction and they must be like, what the hell? That is, that is not where we were going. (laughs) Like, what is he talking about? That's not what I meant. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of like playing like psychic Pictionary sometimes. Right. Right. Has there ever been an energy that's come through that has scared you at all or felt like, Ooh, this is different. So when you think scare, we think of like paranormal and like ghost hunting. And in that capacity, no. Um, I was interviewed by a newspaper here on Long Island, probably 1997. And it went through three reporters and it wound up with a guy, Bill Falk. People can go look it up. F-A-L-K. And um, the two other journalists had passed on it. One of them had later told me that it was supposed to be an expose on exposing me as a fraud and not being real. Um, <laughs> and the, yeah. And the guy that did the, the, the article in passing mentioned he had lost, I think a sibling, I think he said he lost a sibling. And um, during the course of it, he goes, listen, he goes, I really want to, you know, dig deep here. And I went, 
dig away. And he goes, can I bring somebody for you to read? And I went, yeah. He goes, I could bring anybody. Okay, you can bring anybody. He goes, what do you need to know? I go, nothing. And he goes, perfect. Now, he would have asked me who I thought he would have brought. Clearly, it would have been his parents, right? Mm. He could, they get a free reading out of it. They can get some healing, some closure. He's got a personal angle he could write about. Oh, no, no. This dude brought in a public defender for somebody who was put to death by lethal injection in Texas. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's exactly. Now, I don't know who this woman is, but I'm sitting here with this woman and I'm like making a connection with this energy that's coming in. And I remember feeling this guy was impaled on a pin. I'm like, how do you get impaled on a pin? And I'm like, it it didn't make, nothing was making logical sense. And then he gave me the beginning of the last name of the other defense attorney, like all of this other kind of stuff. It's pretty wild, right? But that energy coming in, that energy didn't feel good. That energy felt like, that energy felt like yuck. Now, I don't think, I don't think that my team, my guides, my security peeps, I don't think they would have let that reading happen unless it was being documented for factual, evidential information. But it was a pretty, and it turned out to be like the, the, cover story of the Sunday edition part two. It was a huge deal, seven pages. And I remember thinking like, wow, like that was, that was huge. That was intense. And it was also kind of like my first real taste of people knowing like who you are for what you do. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. I went to a, a, a pizza place the next day. So it was like on Sunday. So it was like on a Monday, it was like Monday night. And the girl at the counter went, oh my God, like you're that guy. <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm, I'm that, I, I am that guy. You're you like, know? and here, and here comes the wave. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, I, I, I wrote it for about five, like five, 10 minutes, like waiting for my slices to come out of the oven. And then like my guides kicked in and they were like, yeah, let me show you what guide you actually are. And I shit you not. They showed me my face lining the bottom of bird, bird cages. They showed me. Wait, they showed me puppies being paper trained and like dogs peeing on me. Right. And they were like, they were legitimately going like, have your moment of like, this is cool for you. Like have your Snoopy moment, happy dance. It's a great seven page spread. Knock yourself out. But now let's, 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 let's be realistic. Where are those papers today? You know, they're, 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 they're helping people, you know, wrap up their stuff that they're moving glassware in. Right. Like, oh, my God. So so your your guides have a sense of humor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The the puppies like being paper trained in my face, like while I'm waiting for my pizza to come out was a moment that I'm never forgetting. I'll never forget that. I remember going like, all right. okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's hysterical. Um, Have you ever felt like when you're having a conversation casually with someone where someone from the other side just kind of bursts in and interrupts you? So when I was inexperienced, unethical, and blaming on my youth, yes. <laughs> I just want to want to qualify. And the reason why it's, it's never ethical to enter someone's vibration without their consent or their permission. And I had mm. done that. I worked at a video store. And for the people that are too young to know what that is, think Netflix, but in a building. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Netflix like, in a I building. I remember Blockbuster. <laughs> I was around. Okay. <laughs> so I managed a video store and people would walk up to their, walk up to the counter with their boxes to, you know, check them out. And I would attack read them. And I wasn't coming from a place of teaching or healing or empowering. I was coming from a place of like, can I get her to date me? Can I wow this person? You know, it was like, I was coming mm. from a human teenage place. And then um, a mentor at the time said, can I ask you a question? I went, sure. She goes, would you ever watch your neighbor shower? I'm like, what? And she goes, (laughs) from the outside of her house, would you ever watch your neighbor shower? And I said, Sandy, why why would you ask me that? She's like, yes, her bathroom on the first floor. I'm like, okay, one, yeah. I go, two, (laughs) no. I'm like, why are you asking me that? It was a weird question. You know, if another psychic asks you a question, like as a psychic, you don't ever just take it at face value. You, you want to know, oh, like, no. why are you asking me this? Like, what are you getting? And, um, yeah. and she goes, just because you could doesn't mean you should. And I'm like, mm. Sandy, I would never do that. And she goes, exactly. Now, never do it psychically. And it yeah. was like, oh, oh, oh. Because people, <laughs> people who have the ability can definitely do it. 
And I know that in the last two decades, you know, there's been a lot of people who've developed and they didn't get that memo, you know? So there's a lot of uh, YouTube psychics and TikTok psychics and a lot of ambushing and attack reading. It's kind of not karmically correct. It's unethical, you know? Mm. So I always tell yeah. people, if somebody ever approaches you to do a reading and you didn't ask them for it, stop them because yeah. they're, they're not really reading. They're really, they're demonstrating their ego. They're not demonstrating their ability. Mm. Yes. Big yes to that. Okay. So I have some questions that all of my FMLers were like, so excited to okay. hear uh, from you. Let me pull them up and we'll go through and see which ones you think uh, you might have some insight or answers for. Uh, I have always wondered, how do I know what person is sending me the sign? Like, is it the first person that comes to mind or is there a way to tell who the sign is coming from? So I always ask people to come from a place of being skeptical first, right? So I follow the 95-5 rule. 95% of the time, let's try to logically and rationally explain away the experience until we get to the 5% mm -hmm. where we say thank you and come from a place of gratitude. So you can go with the initial instinct, but sometimes the initial instinct is who you want it to be. So you want to look at what exactly is happening and can I correlate this to a specific person? So if you, you know, see a, a symbol of something and that symbol represents an individual who's passed, that's kind of like the indicator of who it is. But if there's right. nothing that's tangible, like by date or image or anything else, and it's just a feeling, then you go by that instinct of who you feel it is. Mm, that's really interesting. Okay. Um, how is it that we have past? Oh, okay. How is it that we have traumas from past lives that we don't even know who we were and why do they affect us so much in this life? So we've talked a little bit on this show, how we can carry over things from past life and, you know, past life regressions sure. and sure. being able to like heal those and clear those out. So how is it that we carry those traumas that have happened in past lives into this one? So my background is in healthcare and a lot of my analogies and teaching comes from working in healthcare. Um, I was both on the clinical side and my degrees like you know, in healthcare and public administration. So that's kind of like the, my, my space. Think about when you're a child and you get chicken pox, you have the experience of having chicken pox. And then all of a sudden that is in your past, right? It's your part of your past life, insane lifetime, but it's this lifetime in your past. But then years mm -hmm. later, decades later, you find yourself going through a situation, an FML situation maybe. And all of a sudden yep. what shows up? Shingles. Mm -hmm. right? The, the trauma in your body presents itself physically. So now no different than the, the chicken pox and shingles analogy, just make the chicken pox in a past life, not this lifetime. Mm. So the, un, um, the, the, dealt, the, the things that are not dealt with, the patterns that are not dealt with that we come back to redeal with, that kind of get reawakened or, or re-looked at or um, reignited it's important to be able to kind of work through some of those things, not to blame. You know, I had a client once where she, she needed to get a job. Like it was very clear in the reading and she kept like talking very metaphysical. She had all the right words and all the, like the, she'd been to the top people. And she said, let me explain to you in a past life, I was enslaved. So in this lifetime, I am to be taken care of. And I literally remember thinking like, while I'm on the phone with her, like, who's going to pay your rent? Like, right. you need to get it. You need to get a job. Like, it's yeah. great to know that you were enslaved and it's great to understand why you have this consciousness, but mm -hmm. the universe still wants you to like, take care of yourself. Otherwise right. you're looking for the next person to sugar daddy your life, which would basically yeah. enslave you again in a different capacity. So I think it's important mm. to look at what our traumas are whether it be in our past in this lifetime or in our past lives, and then understand what do we do with them? How do we turn them around and learn from them and move forward so that we're not kind of continuing the saga? Yeah. Ooh, absolutely. I think that's, everybody just rewind the last 30 seconds or so and re-listen to that because that was a really, really good response. Um, why do we get the feeling of deja vu? Is it something from a past life? So I don't think that deja vu is a past life because we weren't ourselves in a past life, right? So what we can have is a familiar feeling because of a place that we've been 
And in a past life, we could have been in that place. And that could be, so if mm. it's, if it's destination deja vu, then sure. But a lot of times I think the deja vu moments that were hap- happening, I explain it in two ways. One, let's go clinical first. If you take a camera, right? Our brain is like a camera and you walk into a space, we're taking in all the stimuli all around us, but we're only focusing on maybe the one thing that we're looking at. And then all of a sudden we catch up with the other stuff that we've already seen and processed. So now when we catch up to it consciously, we feel like, oh, wait, I've been here before. I've seen this because we did, but you didn't consciously connect with it. So I think that's a scientific maybe way of looking at it, like how our brain works. But I also truly believe that we are precognitive dreamers. And I think that because of we are, when we're sleeping, our unconscious mind kind of like goes down the highway of our lives. And we have these moments, these snapshots, these postcards that we get of where we're going. And I think that there is where our deja vu comes in, in a big way. Because sometimes when people focus on their deja vu, it's not just, Ooh, I've done this before. It's I've done this before. And I know what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. I've had those moments for sure. That's such an interesting way of looking at that. Um, that gives it like a whole new kind of like exciting perspective of like, you're, you're getting little glimpses into what your subconscious knows your, your journey and your path is going to be. That's fun. All right. I'm here for that. We're going to, we're going to go with that answer, whether it's accurate or not. (laughs) Um, Are we still learning lessons from past lives that we didn't learn in this life? A hundred percent. And I think that we're also um, interacting with people, you know, in our lifetime, part of the, the journey for me in the four decades now of doing this has always been buzzwords about the subject matter. And in the eighties, I want to say it was the eighties, the late eighties, early nineties, the buzzword for any client coming was, am I going to meet my soulmate? Am I going to meet my soulmate? Am I going to meet my soulmate? So, you know, now it's twin flame. I don't know if you've, you know, it's like people want to- Oh, John, don't even, the amount of DMs I get saying, this was your twin flame. And like, have you read up on this? I'm like, guys, I know. (laughs) I know all about it. (laughs) So I had a little bit of a meltdown once on a client. Um, I'm going to say she's definitely not my biggest fan. Um, because <laughs> it had been a number of years of me reading for her and a number of years of having to navigate the same patterns that she was choosing to just duplicate. And I just wasn't having it this day. I was just was not in the place for it. And I'm very clear that I'm not a therapist. And I suggested that she go to therapy to work through some of the patterns. And she goes, I'm just looking for my soulmate. I'm like, do you know what that actually means? It means you've had multiple incarnations with the same energy and you're carrying a shit ton of baggage that's unfinished. It's going to be heaven and hell wrapped up in a very like quickly burnt out moment. I go, so no, you're really not looking for that. What you want truly is a soulmate type relationship. I go, and that you have to Mm. work at. That's something that people have to create. That's where you have to come from a baseline of friendship, you know, and, and then empower the sexuality of it. I said, but you know, Hollywood's done a really good job to make people want that soulmate relationship, my other half, my twin flame. And it's great when people can find that, but even when people find that they got to work at it. Like, it's not like, you know, it's like, here you go. No, no problems. It's all good. It's like all, all relationships you got to work at. I fully believe that the guy that came into my life and then broke up with me before the Europe trip was a twin flame situation. Cause it it's to a T like come into your life, like absolute, like love, amazing, all encompassing. Oh my God, this is it forever. And then like, boom, it's fucking erupted in your face. And you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to recover from this. This person just like ripped my soul out right. to a T it's, horrible. It's a horrible experience to go through. I've had multiple friends be like, this is that person to me. And it's always this like destructive thing that comes into your life. It's not like this, like happy, pretty experience. Yeah. Somebody said to me once, it was another psychic. She's now passed. And she said, Oh, you had the hydrogen peroxide experience. I'm like, what? And she goes that the relationship you just went through, she goes, you had the hydrogen peroxide she goes, the, the, the first one was where you got really badly cut up. Like you fell off your bike mm-hmm. and you bruised your knee really, really badly. Then it kind of started to get a little infected. So then this new like relationship comes in and it's like the hydroperoxide. It like, it cleans out the wound. It kind of, you know, gets the infection going, 
but you know, you really should probably not have put hydrogen peroxide in there because it's killing the healthy cells too. So now it's, you're going to have to like heal a little bit harder. And I just was like, mm, yep. I was like, okay. I'm like, so hydrogen peroxide is bad for cots? Like, that's like, I thought that was a, I thought that was a good thing. And she laughed and said, no. <sighs> she's like, soap and water. I was like, ah. Mm. You're like, okay, so I'm looking for my Neosporin relationship next. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. So accurate. Okay. So this kind of touches on what we talked about when that um, uh, darker energy came through, but has he ever crossed paths with a demonic entity or dark spirit? So I'm going to answer in a way that people would not expect. I'm going to say yes, but they're human. Mm Mm-hmm. I am actually no, that more, makes sense to me. I'm actually more concerned about the evil that lies within the heart of living human beings than the negative energy that's outside of the universe. Um, some of what I've witnessed over the last five years and some of what I've seen people hold on to, um, define themselves through, celebrate, acknowledge, all in the face of their beliefs, their faith, their politics, their God, their this, their that scares the crap out of me, you know? Mm. Um, And I was just having a conversation earlier where I was like, when you talk, when you travel outside of the United States and you have a non-United States perspective, because you listen to other people's perspectives about, you know, the U.S., there are countries around the world that cannot imagine that our kids have to be fear-based and going to school because they could be shot. And it's one of those moments where like that to me is a, that to me is an evil concept, you know, mm-hmm. that, 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 that little kids could go to school and not come home. And, yep. you know, I'm not anti-gun. I get the whole gun thing. I'm like, I can get, I can see it. I understand how the United States is based on, you know, the, and I don't mean like the rights of the gun, but the concept of like guns and, you know, the country developing, but whether it be, you know, belief. And I remember literally standing in an apartment in Queens, New York, learning about the Holocaust, learning about the Holocaust, learning about the Holocaust because there was an ABC miniseries called Holocaust. And I remember asking my mother, what is that? And having her give me this expression of how do I explain the Holocaust to this kid? And then she made me watch the sound of music. My introduction to the Holocaust was the sound of music. And Mm. then it was the Holocaust. And then it was showing me stuff and and I just remember saying to her, why would people let that happen? And she right. looked at me like it didn't happen overnight. And I'm like, yeah, but there's right and there's wrong. Why would people let that happen? And I, I, I clearly have revisited that little boy in the last you know, few years going, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be that voice that when people bring stuff up, I'm going to acknowledge stuff. And I remember having somebody celebrity wise say to me, you know, you need to be careful about your public um, statements. And I said, regarding, and they acknowledge what, you know, those public statements would be. And it's all the hot topic divisive moments. She says, you know, your, your brand lends itself to all different walks of life. You, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to alienate your client base. I laughed and I was like, yeah, I do. And she, and she was like, she was like, what? I go, yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely do. I was like, there's right and there's wrong and there's humanity and there's not. I go, so if it doesn't fall in the circle of it's for the good of humanity for me, then you're outside mm-hmm. that circle. And I don't care what you yeah. call, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what color you're wearing. I don't care what you're for or against. If we're not talking about for the greater good of humanity, then you're not inside my circle. So that's kind of the perspective that I've always had. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, fucking here for that. (laughs) Um, all right, let's see. Do our deceased family members and friends hear us and try and send us signs and messages? Like when we talk out loud to them all the time and we don't have to talk out loud. I like people to know that you can write to them. You can journalize to them. Mm. You can project your thought bubble, like, you know, like a, like a graphic, like a graphic novel or a cartoon. Um, right. Right. You don't have to like, you don't have to, you don't have to talk out loud. Um, you can, but you don't have to. And you also don't have to go to a cemetery. You can literally go sit underneath the tree outside and feel connected. You could take your shoes off and put your you know, bare feet in the ground and feel connected to the universe that way and talk there. Whatever it is that makes you feel connected, you do. But yeah, they do. And they are. 
and they will continue to. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. I've had too many signs throughout my life to not believe in that. And I mean, a lot have come through you, but there are some, you know, I talk all the time about how my dad and I have this connection through owls. Um, When he passed, my mom and I planted a tree on Father's Day and an owl came and sat in that tree the night we planted it and was there for like a month. And my whole life, I've had the weirdest run-ins with owls. Like they'll fly across my car in the middle of the day or they'll be sitting in the most random places. Like it's very clear. So I always resonate that as, you know, with a sign from my dad. So that's like your dad's way, his shorthand of letting you know, hey, I'm still here. And I use this analogy. If you're driving late at night on a highway anywhere across America and you're hungry and you see a yellow M floating in the distance way down the highway, you know that at that exit, you can get a burger because that's the symbol for McDonald's, right? So that's the symbol that he's chosen or you've chosen and you've kind of agreed upon. And that's the symbol that he'll he'll use. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay. Let's see. We just answered that one. Uh, what are the main reasons that spirits stay behind in this realm after passing and how can we help them cross over? So that's one that I have a hard time with because I don't think that that's accurate. I don't think that they stay behind. They get stuck. I think again, Hollywood and reality shows, um, make Mm -hmm. people think that they get stuck. I think that there's a process, right? There's a process of when we leave this, when we come into this world, like we labor to come in. And I think we labor to, to leave as well. But I don't think whether it's a negative passing, um, and I've seen some horrific stuff. I know that we're met by family members and friends that have gone on before us. Um, from working in the hospital, I can't tell you how many times I knew patients were leaving because of who was coming for them. I was feeling them around their bed. So under circumstances that were not expected, by the way, like sudden heart attacks for somebody that was in there for one reason. Um, and then even accidents, you know, when people die in an accident, when people, if you, if you, you know, people have passed suddenly think about the conversations leading up to their passings months before there are always these like hints that they're getting ready to leave. So I don't, I don't believe that people get stuck. Is it possible? Yes. It's not the norm though. So it's not the norm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we've heard so many stories about, you know, the the tunnel of light and uh, my dad actually, before he passed, had a uh, a brain aneurysm and he was on the floor of his apartment for, I think, like almost a full day until they found him. And when he went into the hospital, he later when he you know was revived and came back and was OK, told my mom that he remembered being at the top of the hospital room in the corner, looking down at all the doctors working on him. And he turned around and looked up and it was like this beautiful, warm, like inviting. And he was like, I wanted to go so badly because it just felt like this is the most amazing place I'm ever going to be. And then I had the thought wait, there's something I have to still do here. And boom, he was back in his body. And what's really important, what you just said, is that I have something that I need to do. And a lot of people, humans, will go, he needed to come back for me. And I always say, no, he needed to come back for him. You guys are a part of that. But his journey was his journey. And we were all interconnected into that journey. And usually the feeling that people will, will describe that as is bliss. Mm, yeah. Well, let's be real. I mean, he came back because he had to, <laughs> you know, impregnate my mother with me so I could be here. But <laughs> um, absolutely. I think that's uh, that's spot on. Um, OK. One time I was at my grandpa's grave site and a squirrel was right next to me the whole time. After that encounter, I see squirrels every day and I think it's my grandpa keeping an eye on me. Can people who have passed on use animals to communicate to those still living? 100 percent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 100 <laughs> like, percent. Like, yes. like my owl. Yeah. Yep. It's it's usually something that, you know, becomes a pattern or a thing that's 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 connected. Um, was that asked yeah. by a, a CH name, like a Christine or a Chris? Was there a CH connected to that question? Can you tell? Oh, let me tell you. Um, no, it was a Sammy Saletal. Oh, there's a CH connected but to that. But I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a CH connected to her in any way. Yeah, I'm just putting that out there because as you were talking, I was getting a CH next to that. 
Oh, interesting. Watch her like DM me when this podcast episode <laughs> comes out. She's freaking out. That's the um, squirrel's name. So, right. <laughs> that's what I used to call him. Um, is there one reading specifically? I mean, I know you've done so, so many over the decades that you've been working um, that really stands out to you as being something really special. Um, hopefully the next one, you know, like for me, I feel like it, they're, they're all like that. Everybody, everybody asks mm-hmm. me like my favorite reading from crossing over the TV show or, you know, is there one that stands out? You know, they're like kids, you know, they're all, I mean, some of them are just, I mean, honestly, some of them are just boring. When I say that they're boring, they're just, they're, <laughs> they're just regular readings. You know, they're not all that big moment. Remember one of my first early TV experiences was on Larry King live and it's like live and Larry and he's intense and pressure. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's literally pressure. And I, I remember reading for a, a woman and I said, you buried your husband with a box of cigarettes, a pack of cigarettes. And she said, yes. And then I saw that it was the wrong brand. And I went, oh, he's telling me it was the wrong brand. And she goes, it was all that I had. You're right. So that, oh my God. that moment was a big wow. And it was like awesome. And people talked about that one reading for years. Now, here's, yeah. here's the thing. The reading that happened after that one was a girl whose dad came through and was coming to her wedding in Florida, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. That to me was my favorite reading on the show. It was way more specific and detailed than the one before that. But the wow factor of the one before that and the lady's reaction made it stand out. So I kind of realized that it really just has to be validated. It has to be evidential. It has to be accurate. And then people will take from it what they need to take from it. Um, I took the next reading over the, the other one, but that other one was the one that stood out for people and made it real. So yeah. Yeah. To each their own. It's, it's interesting because I I would agree with you on the the second one. It's those special moments where people are validated that I think is like the real magic in, in mediumship. Um, John, this has been so freaking incredible. I can't thank you enough. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow you, all of the things to uh, come stalk you? Um, Anything (laughs) that I do is always on John Edward. There's no S. So it's John Edward dot net john edward dot net all my socials are there everything is there um tiktok everything's it's awesome. all there yeah and we will link all of your uh your social medias in the show notes as well thank you so much just first nope. and foremost for giving me such incredible gifts throughout my my younger years that was so pivotal for me but also for coming to reconnect and be a guest on this show it's thank really you. fucking special for me and who hello the dancing like uh i it's like <laughs> dancing with the stars calling you like not yet but you know like i'm I, i'll never say never i'm i'm open to that i i love a good salsa well, so. i'm putting it out there i'm putting it out there I love it. You heard it first. I mean, here we go. (laughs) Put it in the universe. Thank you so much, my friend. It could be Foxtrot, my life. There you go. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Thanks for having me. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. I want to thank John so much. This was such an incredible full circle moment for me. It was so special to have him on this show. I I feel like so lucky because he, in my mind, he's so out of reach for me to have an interview with. And I was just absolutely blown away and touched that he was so forthcoming and wanting to sit down and chat. So a huge thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did listening to it. I could have probably gone on and talked to him about this topic for hours. Okay. We are going to take a turn now and jump into some of your FML stories. Here's number one. Hey Gabrielle, it's Nikki, and I've got an FML story for you. This is a little different than what you're used to, but I beg to please hear me out. In this story, I'm actually the cheater. I met my ex-husband at a very young age and started dating him for the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. After about a month, he broke up with me to go back to his ex. Fast forward three years, and he pops back up single and with two-year-old. Literally within the blink of an eye, We were boyfriend and girlfriend and living together. Very quickly, things changed. 
He said things to me like, what the fuck did you do to your hair after I got my hair colored too dark? Anytime I would get the courage to leave, he'd always want to talk, and he made promises to change. I ended up cheating. He never changed, and always got me to stay. I felt so awful, and I cried, and I apologized, and then he confessed to me that he too had cheated. I asked him if he ever planned on telling me, and his response was no. We agreed to move forward and try to be better. About a month before our wedding, I found dick pics in his phone that he had been sending to girls on dating sites. He lied, saying he didn't know where they came from and it wasn't his, but come on, really. Anyway, I went forward with marriage, and over the years, things just continually fell apart. He'd ask me questions like, why won't you just give me a baby? And I had tried and cried so many hard times because I was trying so hard. I ended up cheating more because he still wouldn't let me go. He drank a lot and hung out with his friends all the time. There was just never any time for me. Finally, after nine years, I walked out. He destroyed me. He tried manipulating me to coming back. He told my stepson that I left because I didn't want to be a family with them anymore. He withheld him from me. It was really very awful. Uh, come to find out, though, all this time he was trying to get me to come back, he was sleeping with my best friend. And I just wasn't here for it anymore. But I'm glad that things happened the way that it happened, because now I have an amazing husband and a beautiful two-year-old little girl, and I honestly couldn't be happier. Oh, my God. Okay, there's so much to unpack here. First of all, I... How do you get out of explaining why there's dick pics on your phone? Like, what's the excuse there? Oh, it's not my dick because that's fucking weird in itself. Or, oh, I was just taking pictures of my dick, but not to send to anybody because that's a load of shit. Or like, I don't know where these dick pics came from. So your camera just like woke up in the middle of the night and like got your dick hard. And I I don't understand like how the mentality of trying to like explain your way out of that would ever work. Um, look, we all fucking make mistakes. We all fuck up, but I hope that you see looking back on your story that it wasn't worth staying and cheating as opposed to just figuring out a way to break that toxic cycle, which I know can be so difficult when you're in it. Um, and thank God he finally fucked your best friend because that seems like it set you free. Um, and I'm so glad that you have now found a healthy and happy relationship because girl, that is not it. Ooh. All right. Here's story number two. Hi, Gabrielle. My name is Misty Shavers. I am a domestic violence survivor and an internationally recognized certified victims advocate. I know that's a mouthful. And I am also a podcaster and the co-founder of the Man Up Movement. I'm also an author, a speaker, and a mentor. Um, I save women all over the world. Um, My podcast is listened to in Singapore and the UK and all different places. I get very many messages saying how I am other women's inspiration, um, how I am their hero, and all of these things. Um, I survived domestic violence when I was 18 years old. I had just had a baby, and I was beat near death. Um, So I was also not just physically beaten, but emotionally abused and sexually abused by my husband. And he was 24, I was 18, and I had went through a horrible postpartum at 18 years old and then severe abuse by the hands of somebody I thought loved me. And after that, I got involved in another domestic violence situation that involved drugs and emotional abuse. And I went through a severe eating disorder as well. And I overcame all of those things and severe health issues to become the person that I am today. Um, a podcaster and an advocate and I love everyone that I come in contact with and all I'm here to do is serve my purpose from the Lord and um, 
yeah, this is my passion and this is who I am. And it's so wonderful to get to record and to send this to you. And I'm from Alabama, by the way. So um, talk to you soon. Thank you for the time. Oh, girl, I'm so sorry that you had to experience that um, with someone that you thought was meant to protect you and keep you safe. But how you have changed your narrative and changed your story and have used that pain to turn that into your purpose and go out and help other women is really, really fucking beautiful. So thank you for submitting that. As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. If you need more FML Talk content, we have four seasons of mini bonus, uncut, unapologetic, and fucking downright inappropriate episodes for you on patreon.com slash fml talk and if you want to watch these episodes live in studio you can go to youtube.com slash fml talk i will see you all next week and as always have a self-love cocktail on me cheers welcome to as a woman fertility hormones and beyond I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.